And good morning and welcome in to the Wealth Guardians radio program. My name is Doug Ray. I'm your host and Bryce Payne, of course, is sitting alongside me uh, working the board op as hard as he can work it. Ahoy, ahoy, Doug. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, <clears throat> folks, today's show is uh, going to be different. It's a show that uh, I've done in the past, not too many times. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of things. We're going to be talking about the markets. We're going to be talking about uh, the economy, uh, squeeze in some politics in there. But um, I have been seeing some things that uh, I don't like. And uh, being in this business 33 years, I think that uh, it's time to bring it to your attention. Things that truly are starting to make my skin crawl and the hair on the back of my neck stand up. And I'm not going to be telling you what I'm seeing to scare you. That is not the point of this show. What I'm going to tell you today is, if I'm right, hopefully can prepare you for what I think is coming in the markets. So um, we're going to do our thank you to all of our veterans, our active duty, and all of our first responders like we normally do, but we're going to get right to it. So I've been in the business 33 years. I've seen good markets. I've seen bad markets. The last show I did like this was all the way back into the summer of, of 07. And uh, at that time, oil uh, was spiking. It had gone from $35, $40 a barrel up to a high of four, $143 in the matter of 60, maybe 90 days. That's called a hyperbolic move in price, a bubble. They do not last. And if you look back in history, there's lots of uh, history behind this. Hyperbolic moves typically end up in a crash. In other words, price always comes back to where it started. And sure enough, oil collapsed from $143 uh, back down to about 40 bucks a barrel in the matter of no time. So why do I bring that to your attention? I'm starting to see some of the very same things that I saw back in uh, the markets in 05 to 07, and you know what that led up to. Let's look at real estate for an example. I'm seeing some of the same things right now in real estate prices that we saw back then. I've noticed that too. Yeah, I mean, people who put their houses on the market are selling them the same day and getting bids competitive bids coming in. We had a client in uh, our office just uh, two weeks ago whose neighbor had no intention of selling, but somebody came knocking on their door said, are you interested in selling the house? The guy said, no. He says, well, here's here would be my offer. And the guy looked at it, couldn't believe the offer, and said, okay, I'll sell it to you right now then for that price. And his neighbor, who he's close with, suddenly had a for, not really a for sale sign, he, just the property changed ownership right then and there, and they're gonna go live in an apartment for a while or rent for a while until prices come down for think about that for somebody to have not had any plans to move for somebody mm -hmm. just to knock on your door and offer you a price and be so high that you say hey no questions asked i'll take it if this is legitimate that's that's somebody that you and i have been in personal touch with now mm -hmm. yeah you're seeing things like this you know what really got me to thinking along these lines is it i started noticing it since the first of the year 
Well, one morning I was doing my rowing, and I and I like to watch uh, Fox Business, uh, Maria Bartiromo's show, and all this hubbaloo started about GameStop. GameStop, yeah. GameStop, yeah, and um, you know what what was happening there? How a bunch of uh, newbie investors using the internet had banded together to figure out how to cause a short squeeze on uh, professional short traders, and they drove the price of game stock up. This is so reminiscent of what happened in the dot-com era. Mm. Uh, People who had no concept of stocks started buying stocks with their savings money. Mm -hmm. You know, we're hearing now that people are putting their stimulus checks into the stock market because it's never going to go down. Well, folks, it does go down. There was a great little story that circulated for years about John Rockefeller uh, back in the 20s. You know, the top of that market happened in uh, in October of 29. Mm-hmm. So this story is about Rockefeller somewhere in September of 29. And Bryce, why don't I get you to tell that story? Well, from what, the way I've heard it told is that um, he was getting his shoes shined. And uh, he uh, liked the shine. He flipped the uh, the shoe shiner, um, a silver piece, and the the kid was excited and said, "Thank you, Mr. Rockefeller. I I still have time to go put this in a, in my brokerage account before the market closes." And that took him by surprise. And he said, "Tell me that again." And he said, "Well, yeah, I, can, I I put every dime that I've got into the stock market. It only goes up. It can never go down. And I've got time now to go do this. Thank you." And uh, the way that the story is told is that uh, that drove Rockefeller right to go over to his broker, and he sold absolutely everything he owned out of the stock market and even bought some puts on some stocks to make money on their downfall. And uh, sure enough, a few months later, the market had crashed, and somebody had asked him, how did you know to get out? And because uh, it, it's well known that Rockefeller did not lose much in the uh, in the crash. And he said when, when even the shoeshine boy has enough money to blindly put money into the stock market without knowing what he's doing, that's a warning sign that there's not a lot of people left to put their money in the market. You've pretty much scraped the bottom of the barrel at that point. And uh, so that's a good story to tell. And, Doug, you feel that that's uh, kind of relevant to to now, perhaps. It it really is. I mean, if people are truly putting their stimulus checks in the market, well, I mean, that that tells me right there that we have a similar situation. Now, yeah, you can say, all right, well, what about all this stimulus that's coming out of out of Washington? Mm. Yes, that's what's got the market up right now, but right, that's not going to last forever. You know, the other thing that concerns me that I've been seeing is the Biden administration's uh, tax proposals. Look, everything he's done, honestly, I don't care about your politics. What I care about is our economy and our country. But everything this administration has done – is a net negative for this economy and the stock market. And if this capital gains tax increase goes through, if it doubles capital gains taxes on the, quote, millionaires and billionaires of the world, then that is enough to take 25 to 30% off the market right there. For everybody who's in it, not just hurting the the millionaires and billionaires. If you think you're sheltered because you're not a millionaire, forget it. If you've got a 401k or an IRA, you're going to get hit. And hit hard. So you're probably sitting there going, okay, smarty, tell me when this is going to happen. I can't do that. I don't know. You know, it could start tomorrow. It may not start till, you know, next month or the end of the year. 
or next year. Yeah. I don't know. Now, I've got some indicators that I use, and I'll bring those up in the second segment, so hang around for that. You know, I'm a chartist. I have taught you folks technical analysis early on, especially right after the 08 crash. You know, I was teaching you, remember Dr. Schapp and his 50-50 strategy? We had great turnouts. You always have whenever classes. whenever I go into your office, you've always got one of your I got screens, a chart up. One of your screens has got a chart up all the time. Absolutely. And we'll talk about that, but we'll, we'll get to it in the second segment. But I just wanted to kind of give you an idea of what I'm thinking, what I'm seeing, and what it concerns me. Again, I'm not telling you this to try to scare you. If I'm right, we're looking at a sizable downside move. You remember March of last year? Very well. 37.5% in one month. Fastest, fastest drop ever. That was a black swan event. That was caused by COVID and a worldwide shutdown of, of the market. It was not an economically organic, mm-hmm. uh, financial, typical, cyclical move of the markets. I think what we're seeing now is just that, brought on by just incredible hyperbolic moves in price uh, that's being stimulated by all this government stimulus. And, Doug, let's also mention, if our clients are out there listening – Yes. When we are preparing you for retirement, you've moved from the wealth accumulation phase of life to the wealth distribution phase of life. And an innate part of preparing for that is preparing for the inevitable market correction, whether it's a 20-point correction or a 50-point correction. If you are our client, we already have you in a portfolio that is designed to be prepared for something like this. So our clients do not need to call us up having heard this um, more of a, a CTA than it is a call to arms. It's just a, a notice saying, hey, here's some here's some things that are on the horizon, but our clients are already prepared for this. So guys, if, if you're listening to us and you already know us, you don't need to call us saying, hey, what do I need to change? You're already prepared for that. This is a kind of just a notice to everybody else out there. This is what we're seeing. This is what Doug is seeing. This is what other economists out there are seeing as well. This is not just Doug's point of view. He gets a lot of his point of view from other experts out there, and they're starting to all sing in line with each other. And Doug sees some some, uh, similarities in the charts there as well. But uh, let's stick around for the second half of the show, and we're going to talk about some of those charts and why Doug sees what he sees. Before we do that, we always end with a trivia question before we go to break, and we're going to keep it a little bit on topic here. Doug, we're going to try to stump you. You're and, pretty good at that, by the way. And, and by the way, let, let me let me give out our phone number here real quick. If if you want to have a conversation with us about your portfolio, you want to get a second opinion, give us a call, 336-391-3409. It's 336-391-3409. Now, Doug, uh, in July of 2007, the Dow had closed above 14,000 for the first time. We go back to the Great Depression. On September 29th, as you said, the Dow reached its pre-crash peak. What was that peak back oh. in 1929? Yes, 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 yes. All yes. right, so you think about that. See if you can come up with that. And folks, stick around through the break, and we will see you on the other side with that answer and some more good information. Take care. And welcome back to the Wealth Guardians radio show. This is Bryce Payne in the producer's chair, along with Doug Ray in the chart examination chair for the <laughs> second segment of our show this week. Folks, thank you for sticking around through the break. I want to ask you all a question. Are you planning on retiring in the next five to seven years? If you just said, 
yes to that question, then I want you to think seriously about picking up the phone and giving us a call at 336-391-3409. That's 336-391-3409. Why would you do that? Because retirement is important and you want to have planned for it in an important way. And we help you do that. We can give you a second opinion on if you've already put together a retirement plan, we can give you a second look at that and say, hey, here's what's good about it. Here's what you might want to reconsider. Or if you've never had a retirement plan put together in the first place, then you really want to sit down with somebody who helps uh, others do that. And that's what we do at no cost and no obligation. So just pick up the phone, 336-391-3409, or you go to the website, thewealthguardians.com, and you can set up appointment that way as well. Now, uh, again, before we went to break, we asked a trivia question, and we're going to get to the answer to that trivia question in just a second. But before we do that, I want to do the weekly uh, website highlight on our webpage, thewealthguardians.com. I want you to go to our homepage and then scroll toward the bottom. And there we feature current news articles on topics that relate to the economy, the market, the debt, etc., that we feel are important in retirement planning. So these are on-topic subjects in current event world out there, and you don't need to look too far. In fact, you will scroll past a replay of this radio program right here. Whatever our most recent one was, it'll be on that page as well. But you scroll right past that. If you heard, if you want to uh, click on that and just listen again as you're reading the article, you can do that as well. But that's our homepage, thewealthguardians.com, and scroll to the bottom for recent news articles that relate to the economy. Now, getting back to our trivia question. In July 2007, the Dow closed above 14,000 for the first time. Let's rewind to September 1929. The Dow reached its pre-crash peak. What was, Doug, that peak back in 1929, September 1929? Oh, Bryce, if you give me a chart, I could tell you. I gave you a chart. If I gave you a couple of A, B, C, and D options, you could tell me. Well... Take a stab at it. 500. And not too far off. 381. Yeah. 381, right. So it had lost from that 381. That was its peak. It had lost, Doug, do you know the percentage? 89%, I believe. Very good. 89% by the time it bottomed out. How long did it take for it to bottom out? From 29 to 32, I believe October of 32 was the bottom. Uh, July. July. July of 32. So three years. And I know you know this one. When did it come back to that 381? 1954. Folks, Doug is absolutely correct. As always, proof in the pudding that you should probably listen to the next words that he's got to say as well. He did not look those answers up. He just knows this stuff. So uh, if you're just joining us, uh, this show is different. It's a show that I wanted to bring to you because I'm seeing things I don't like. And I don't do these shows often. I do them when I think time is, it deserves to be. There's a lot of indicators out there. What I'm seeing now reminds me so much of the markets of 2000 to 2001, uh, 07 into 8, um, that kind of thing. Bryce was talking about the 29 market, the hyperbolic move there. We're seeing a lot of hyperbolic moves in prices. That's bubbles, folks. We're seeing bubbles in debt. Bubbles, hyperbolic moves always, always crash. And I'll give you several historical uh, relations, you can go look them up. The first one is amazing to me. It was the tulip mania of 1636 mm. to 37. Folks, if you haven't looked that one up, that is an amazing read. Somehow the Dutch figured out that tulips were a hot commodity. 
Back in early 1636, you could go out and buy a tulip bulb just like you can now. You go over to your favorite garden center and you buy as many tulip bulbs as you want to plant. No big deal. By the time that market crashed in 1637, one tulip bulb cost the equivalent of 10 years of annual earnings of the average Dutch worker. Is that not amazing? Then there's the South Sea Bubble. Uh, that was in 1720. Uh, that company, uh, it was a uh, ocean-going freighter company. It rose 741% in a year. Then it collapsed. And then we always know the dot-com bubble mm. uh, back in 2000 to 2001. The NASDAQ was up uh, a huge amount, collapsing 89%. There was a fund called the Munder Net Net Fund in 1999 to 2000. It went up 100%, and the next year collapsed 89%. All these collapses, you get a common theme here, 89 to 90%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why is that? Because when a price goes hyperbolic, whether it's an index, a tulip bulb, or a stock, it always comes back to where it started that hyperbolic move. Mm. Again, folks, I am not doing this show to scare you, so don't call the office and say, you're just trying to scare people. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you what I've been observing. And with my 33 years in this business, it's really starting to look like the beginning of a bad market. What, what, what did Mark Twain say about history? He's, oh, a lot. He, he, you know, he, said, he said it doesn't always repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And unfortunately, us human beings, we don't learn from history. Not very well. So I guess what I'm doing here is I'm trying to tell you what I'm seeing in hopes that, um, you know, maybe you can avoid losing 40 50% in your 401ks. You know, one of the other things that I look at a lot is charts. I told you folks in the second or the first segment that in the second segment, I'd get into some charts. Now, it's not easy to talk charts on the radio because it's something you really need to see. Charting is technical analysis, and uh, a lot of financial advisors or brokers out there say things like, well, you can't time the market. Well, I somewhat agree with that, but you sure can react to what the market's telling you. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to put it. Yeah, and, and that's what charts do. They're clues. Yep. I use a candlestick chart, and candlestick uh, charting was created by the Japanese thousands of years ago when they traded rice. And uh, what the long-term charts are showing me is we're setting up for a major downturn. I'm looking at every chart out there. I'm looking at the, uh, the Dow. I'm looking at uh, the monthly, the weekly, the three-day. They're all set up for a move down. The NASDAQ is set up for a move down on the quarterly, the monthly. And the Wilshire 5000, that's an index that you folks probably don't talk about or even hear about much. But the Wilshire 5000 is the broadest index measurement of stocks. It's set up on the monthly chart to move down. Now, let me tell you what I'm talking about, these monthly quarterly charts. When you look at price on a chart, you're looking at one of those candlesticks. You can set your chart settings to have that candlestick represent one day of trading or one minute of trading or a whole month of trading or a whole entire quarter of trading. 
So that candlestick on that time frame can tell you a lot. It can tell you where the market started at and where it ended at and the range it went through. Now, if you compare them side by side, you can start to see some patterns set up. And if you can compare current patterns to previous known patterns that either indicated tops of markets or bottoms of markets, you can get an idea of what may happen. Now, I'm talking about monthly, quarterly, monthly, and weekly charts. These are long-term charts. They're not like um, a 233, which is a 233-minute chart, which is what I trade off of. That's a half-a-day chart. These are long-term charts, meaning that it's telling me that something is about to set up to the downside, but it's somewhere in the future. It doesn't tell me when. It's not predictive in nature. It's just telling me that something is going to happen. Now, when the next candle fills in on those charts, I'm going to get a better idea of when it's going to start. Now, it could start, well, this weekend I'm going to be looking at the charts because this is the end of, of, uh, of April, the start of a new month. So I've got another monthly chart to look at. And we can tell from these charts when things are set up to the downside. They're setting up now. They're not moving down yet. But I think it could happen sometime this year. Question is when. You know, historically, September is always, historically speaking, the worst month uh, in the year for stocks. Uh, there's the old adage of uh, mm -hmm. it may go away, you know, because the summer's coming up and the traders – uh, in New York, typically go out to the Hamptons and spend the summer, and then they come back on Labor Day and start trading again. <laughs> now, with all the electronic and computer trading, I'm not sure uh, sell and go away in May is, is, is appropriate. Right. But again, um, folks, this is not a scare show. Uh, I really, truly am wanting to just basically tell you what I'm seeing. I hope I'm wrong. I don't believe I'm going to be wrong. I mean, markets and business is cyclical. We know that. It's always been that way. Nothing's going to stop it. And, Doug, if we if we don't consider what happened last year since it was COVID-related and it came right back, that was an anomaly, a black swan event, we're, we don't count that. We are now 12 years yeah. in a bull market run, right. and they, uh, a bear market usually pops up every seven years. Right. So we've almost we're approaching that double time period. This is really unprecedented period for not having a true market correction. Yep. And, and again, I want to remind uh, our clients who listen to this show that uh, don't call the office in a panic asking what can you need to do. It's already been done for you. You know, every single one of our clients are, has already got their portfolio set up for downside protection. My golly, March of last year should have convinced you of that. Yes. You know, you folks were down about 9 or 10% when the markets itself was down 37%, and you recovered quicker than the market did. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, Doug, I think what we should do here to prove to the uh, our non-clients out there that this is not a scare tactic, let's do something a little different and not give out our phone number <laughs> or our website for the rest of the show. That we're not looking for you to give us a call and say, oh, my gosh, I, I, I'm, I'm panicking now. I, I need you guys to look at my portfolio. That's not the point of this. 
the point of this is just to bring to your attention that the markets are cyclical and there's a lot of indicators out there right now that we might be approaching um, that next cycle. And folks, if you uh, haven't already taken a look at that, well, then you might want to uh, in your own way, but we're not trying to scare you into giving us a call. And one thing that I'll do as time progresses and the chart pattern set up is I'll let you know when I see the uh, sign that says the market started to, to roll over and move down. So just keep tuning in. Yep. So Very until good. then. All right, Doug, you have a great rest of your weekend. It's a beautiful weekend, and I will as well. And everybody else out there, I uh, hope you have a great weekend as well, and we hope to catch you here next week as well.